Welcome back to the MPPA Alumni Series. I'm your host, Varda Suraj, and in today's episode, we have a very special guest with us. Today, we'll be speaking to Anne Bermonte, who is Assistant Deputy Minister in Business Partnerships and Programs, Ministry of Economic and Development, as well as Job Creation and Trade. Of course, she will share her experiences with the MPP program, her work in the government, and recent project she's been working on, especially with COVID. Let's get right into it. Okay. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. I'm so excited to speak to you about your experiences. Thank you. Well, it's my pleasure and uh, good to meet you. Uh, I feel like you can give us a better introduction about yourself than I can. So why don't we just start with that? Great. So um, I'm currently the Acting Assistant Deputy Minister at the uh, Business Partnerships and Programs Division at uh, the Ministry of Economic Development, Job Creation and Trade in, in the province of Ontario. So <laughs> lots of words. Uh, I thought maybe I'd say them all instead of using what we normally do in, in government, which is use acronyms just because there might be some viewers who don't know uh, what MEDCAT stands for or what, you know, BPPD stands for or what an ADM stands for. So so I thought I'd, I'd spell that out. Um, I've been in this role um, for about four months. Um, I was the director in the same ministry uh, for talent and entrepreneurship. Um, but uh, when COVID hit, um, the government um, had to act very, very quickly, which it has. And so there were some organizational changes and there were a lot of resources, including um, the ADM who was in this role before me, who was moved to, to help with, um, you know, identify um, supply chain uh, for PPEs in order to be able to ensure that our frontline workers had the protection they needed in order to deal with what was happening in the province back in, in mid-March and uh, April. And so I was asked to um, uh, step into this role, uh, which I did, which I thought was my obligation and, you know, something that I should do in order to, to support the effort. So it's I've been here for a short time. It feels like I've been here now. for uh, It's been busy. It's been a very, very, very busy time. I've learned a lot. I've really welcomed the opportunity to move into this uh, senior role. I've got a great team. Um, I've been in the OPS um, for over 16 years. And then before that, um, I worked in the private sector for about four years. And then before that, I, I actually started my career out uh, working in arts and culture. So I worked yeah. at the Toronto Council for, for 16 years. And, and that's where I sort of found my, my pathway into public policy, if you will. Mm -hmm. So looking at arts and culture policy, moving into economic policy, and then that's um, where I've spent most of my career working in the OPS. So I, I hope that gives you a sense of what great career. That's, that's such a rich background, especially with the OPS. I know Ryerson University has strong ties with the OPS and really mm -hmm. encourages uh, students to uh, have their co-op placements over there. So going all the way back before you even applied to the MPPA program, what was your background and why was it this program that really caught your attention? Yeah, so, you know, um, I've, I've been sort of thinking about going back and, and doing a master's. In fact, um, I, I actually did uh, a certificate program in public relations at uh, Ryerson through the Chang, Chang School. Okay. Um, so I, I'd already had a, a positive experience uh, with Ryerson. Um, you know, I had, uh, you know, it had been a while since I com completed my undergrad. And of course, um, you know, I launched my career, I got married, I had kids, and then it's like, oh, 
you know, I'm kind of interested in maybe starting to to build up my my um, going back to school, building up some you know um, academic uh, credentials uh, with respect to some of the theoretical work. And you know, it's interesting. I um, was actually thinking of doing an MBA, oh. uh, and then I. I spoke to uh, my director at the time, and I was working in the small business ministry. So this is this has got to be around 1997. Sorry, 2007. Sorry. Oh my gosh, it's all starting to melt together. Around 2007, and I said, you know, I'm thinking about going back to school. You know, my kids were at an age where they were a little more self-sufficient. Um, I said, you know, I'm thinking about doing an MBA, and I actually started to look at some executive programs. And then he looked at me. He said, Anne. Since you work in the public service, have you thought about doing, you know, a master's in public administration? And I went, oh, what a, that sounds like, that makes a lot of sense to me. So um, I think, you know, I, I certainly looked at some other programs. I looked at Queens, I looked at York, um, looked at U of T. I, I, I like the Ryerson uh, program for a couple of reasons. One, you know, as I mentioned, I had already had uh, an ex experience, you know, positive experience with the Chang School, okay. continuing education. So that was great. It also offered um, options that I didn't find were available through the other uh, schools, uh, master's programs. So the, the part-time, you know, because I was still working, mm -hmm. so I wanted to do it part-time. The fact that I live in downtown Toronto, so it was very convenient. It was very convenient for work from home. And also that it offered, you know, three uh, streams, you know, so you could do the course stream, you could do the major research project, or you can do the thesis stream. And so I uh, chose to do the thesis stream because I had been a practitioner uh, working in, in policy and in government for quite a number of years throughout most of my career. So I, I, I thought it would be kind of fun to do, you know, so a lot, you know, uh, to sort of really dive into an area that I was quite interested in. So, so that's why I did the thesis stream. Okay, and did you find that as a part-time student, you were still able to get uh, that rich material that uh, full-time students had? Do you think there was a big difference? Well, I mean, you know, doing a master's uh, is very different from being an undergrad. Like, it's it's very different. I mean, it's right. not the undergrad experience, so no. you know, at all. Yeah. You know? So I'm. A very mature student uh, so I wasn't looking for that experience either I was really very very focused on on the academics right and um, you know but what I found uh, yeah I mean you know there's there's opportunities to you know get to know some of my uh, the cohorts in in my my class um, and and you know what I found really interesting is that it, it was actually a variety of, of different ages and experiences that had come to this program so you know they all didn't come from poli sci you know going into you know uh, public administration uh, and policy you know there were you know they came from all different kinds of undergraduate streams and um, and also like me there were a number of mature students as well who were also doing it part-time so so I actually found it very interesting. I, I found it, you know, as somebody who uh, at the time when I when I did the program, I was a manager. So I was actually in the in you know in a uh, in a, in a role that uh, allowed me to hire and to hire co-op students and summer students. And so I I found it really interesting to know who's out there to you know get to know like to also be exposed to different 
thinking, um, thinking that, you know, is of generations outside of my generation. So I found that very stimulating um, because I think, you know, working in an organization like the OPS, I mean, you're working with, a, you know, diversity of individuals with diversity perspectives mm -hmm. and experiences. And so for me, I, I really, I value that. So I, I like that kind of the fact that it was a very eclectic group. It wasn't a, a homogenous group on, on a number of levels. So, so to me, that, that, that was a, that was part of my experience. Right. Okay. So even before the program, your experiences have been so amazing. Uh, so I guess networking, would you say was contributed a lot to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So important. Um, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, I call creating your own luck. Um, you know, because you never know where that conversation that you had with somebody even three years ago may, you know, where that may result, right? So um, I think, you know, I mean, networking sounds um, very superficial, uh, but oh, I think that it's important from the perspective of you know, getting to know who's out there, if there's an area that you're interested, learning about it, finding out who the people are, letting them know who you are, yeah. what you're interested in, mm -hmm. because you just never know and those opportunities, um, that synchronicity sort of happens where you're actually having the conversation with the right person at the right time, the right place, and all of those pieces sort of come together for you. And I have to say for me that that's actually happened uh, throughout my career on numerous occasions. Um, in fact, that's you know one of the reasons uh, I found my way into the OPS. That's one of the reasons I found my way into different roles within the OPS as I, I've sort of you know advanced in my career. Um, so yeah, that that's incredibly important. And you know, for any student out there, um, like like go out there and if there's somebody that you want to meet with or, or want to talk to. Um, you should do it because they're going to be looking for uh, individuals. They're going to be looking for talented young people. Um, so they, they'll want to know, you know, who's out there, who's interested, who's got the, you know, certain experience, expertise. Um, you know, there's, uh, I mean, the, the talent has to continually be um, developed. And so um, I certainly encourage um, students as they're completing their program to make an effort to reach out to, you know, um, to, to individuals in the public service, whether it's in the province, at the federal government, or, you know, in municipalities. Right, right. That's, that's some really good advice. I know a lot of people say as long as you become even a familiar face, it could take you uh, a long way. So what are like two or three top skills that you think are most crucial uh, for the position you're at right now? For the position I'm at as, as an ADM? Yes. <laughs> political acuity, really important. Definitely. Um, leadership, you know, I, I'm, I've got a team of about 120 people behind me. So it's, you know, so it's, it's about, you know, working with uh, my immediate team who would be the folks in my office, in my uh, ADMO, my directors, the managers, you know, um, but leadership, making sure that that you know people are supported, um, understanding what their needs are, you know, and, and really important as a leader is also learning about how to bring the best out in people, 
you know, how do you, how do you support them so that they can succeed? Because if they succeed, you succeed and the organization succeeds. So to me, that's, that's incredibly important. Um, and uh, I think always, I think a sense of, um, you know, um, being able to, 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 to plan, <laughs> right. like, you know, planning your time, time management, planning, planning things out. Um, sometimes um, things get pretty crazy. Uh, but if you have an, a sense of, you know, what needs to happen, who needs to get involved, working within an organization like the OPS, there are a number of different uh, processes that, you know, need to be uh, complied with and therefore you can't just turn something around on a dime although you know I have to say under COVID we've actually done an amazing amount of work in, in, in making things happen very very quickly I've worked on a couple of projects where that's been the case where things that would normally take about six months to eight months have actually happened in about three weeks so into detail about one or two projects that you've uh, worked on just recently? Yeah, so I think, you know, certainly uh, one of them was the, um, the the workplace PPE supplier directory. So um, as we were starting to, you know, uh, the government announced a framework uh, back in April on reopening the economy. So we were hearing from a number of different businesses about where they can access PPEs. So there was also you know, a number of manufacturers that were really struggling. So there was also an opportunity to maybe help to um, to stand up domestic production, especially around some PPE. So there were a couple of key key elements to 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 developing this. And um, um, so uh, we pulled together a team, a multidisciplinary team that included individuals from the Ontario Digital Service, so they're responsible for managing uh, the content uh, on the website, uh, from our um, government cluster service, so that's INIT, so they're responsible for a lot of the back-end INIT uh, issues that we had to manage. For my division, you know, I had uh, one of my branches who actually designed uh, what the directory uh, would look like, um, you know, um, um, how we would launch it in terms of who we would, uh, you know, post when it was first launched. We also had legal. We also talked about, so, okay, so we launched with certain companies that have already been pre-approved by the government. Then how do we get new companies to join the, the directory? So there's a vetting process. So another part of my branch was responsible for that vetting process. And then, of course, there was the you know, that the, the feel and the look and making sure it was user friendly because we're trying to make sure that what we do here in government is something that is user friendly. So it's easy for, you know, anybody who's using our, our services, our resources to be able to navigate through quite easily. Mm -hmm. So um, we pulled all that together and we launched within a month. Wow. So that was quite an accomplishment. So it's, it's up there. It's Ontario slash, you know, uh, PPE, Ontario.ca slash PPE. Mm -hmm. um, so, and what we're doing, what we've also done is we've um, identified um, those companies that actually have a manufacturing footprint in Ontario, because that's really important. We do have a lot of companies that are part of the supply chain and international supply chain, but for Ontario, it's, it's really important to also have manufacturers. So we've identified Ontario manufacturers with a little Ontario flag. 
And um, we have different categories of PPEs. And we also, because I, in my division, I'm also responsible for innovation technologies. So I wanted to make sure that there was a category for digital technologies and apps because we we know how important they are in terms of helping businesses reopen and helping uh, individuals feel, you know, and workers, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, work and shop and eat and dine, you know, safely. So, so, so yeah, so that, and, you know, and, and it's, you know, another thing too, that we've been learning in government, like is, is, you know, taking something and making it or making it iterative. So, so we don't see the PPE um, supplier directory as a fait accompli. I mean, we continue to tweak it, to improve it, you know, to gather input, user feedback, to understand how we can make the experience um, more seamless and uh, more beneficial for the companies that have listed on the directory. So I think right now, uh, I think we have over 864 Ontario companies. I mean, that's one of the criterion to be on the PPE uh, directory is that you must have, you must be an Ontario company. And if you are an Ontario manufacturer as well, you get that flag. So that's just an example, I think, of one of the, the ways that we've we've um, pivoted very, very fastly here in, in, in the OPS in order to respond to a global crisis that, you know, has also um, affected um, our province. Right. That That's so incredible. And just by, by the sound of it, it just seems like you don't have a typical day of work. I feel like every day for you is something new. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the fun part. And that can be the challenging part as well, because you think, you know, your day is going to go a certain way. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's a request to do this or do, to do that. So um, things, you know, can sort of change on a dime. As I said, I'm very well supported by an experienced team. And that makes a huge difference in being able to, to, to pivot, you know, I mean, so, you know, the whole word, you know, the pivot, always has always been associated with you know uh you know startups in the tech you know the tech ecosystem but in government we really had to learn how to pivot how to be agile how to apply lean processes so you know we're really starting to to ad adopt and adapt to to um those um, uh, opportunities that will make us more responsive and continue to make us responsive to to the citizens of ontario Right, that, that's amazing and you've had so many incredible experiences. You definitely know what you're doing. It's so great to hear about your experiences. Can you say in confidence that the MPPA program courses align well with the work you're doing well? In other words, when you uh, look back and think about the courses, can you say, right, whatever I learned here, it's actually happy, happening here. Can you say Oh, that? totally, absolutely. I mean, you know, what I really enjoyed about Ryerson was it, it was very... Um, you know, it was uh, very kind of practical, pragmatic. Right. It, was, it was pragmatic, you know, I mean, learning how to put decks together. I mean, we talk decks in, in government, right? So that, you know, trying to understand, you know, take complex concepts, complex issues, and being able to communicate them, um, you know, in a way that a lay person or somebody who doesn't have that background or expertise can understand what the issue is. Um, you know, um, I think some of the, you know, the, the theoretical uh, work, you know, it's interesting because sometimes it aligns with what I've lived as a civil servant and sometimes it didn't. 
but the framework and learning about the framework and learning about, you know, what went into developing the theory, um, I thought was, you know, incredibly helpful. And I do find myself uh, every once in a while sort of reflecting back to some of those classes and thinking about, okay, well, you know, maybe it didn't quite uh, make sense for me at that point in time in my career and in my life, but I, there are other projects that I'm involved in where I'm sort of thinking, you know what, I should go back and, and, and kind of reread what so-and-so wrote about this particular uh, aspect of policy, right? So, um, you know, anyway, it, uh, yes. So I think it, it sort of touches on all those elements. So, you know, very much the pragmatic, you know, teaching those skills around, you know, communicating, uh, uh, distilling, um, understanding the context, understanding the theory, so you understand, you know, where the, the policy piece is. Also tr understanding what is involved in, you know, uh, in pulling together a policy. So what are the, the, the various elements that you need to think about when you are working on a policy? And perhaps you're not working on developing an overall policy, but maybe you're you're part of the delivery of, of you know, whatever policy was, was um, you know, was uh, adopted or, you know, is in regulation or is in legislation. So, um, so I found it incredibly useful. And also, I mean, I've, I've built such a, a great relationship uh, with Carolyn John. So I definitely want to do a shout out for her. She's fabulous. I've, she's been such an incredible supporter. She was my thesis advisor. And, you know, I'm so pleased that we've been able to stay in touch. And, you know, I, I do what I can to support her and to support, you know, Ryerson students. I mean, we, you know, my ministry accepts co-op students from all, all universities, of course. Uh, but uh, always, you know, great to, you know, see that, uh, you know, Ryerson students have come through some of our programs. So that's um, that's uh, very satisfying. And, uh, and also I'm always open if any student wants to come and talk to me about my experience or wants to get some advice, um, you know, I'm always open to that as well. So I, you know, I certainly value my connection with Ryerson. I, I value my relationship uh, with Carolyn and, and also with, you know, Frank D'Onofrio. I mean, Frank is amazing. Frank is a former deputy minister. And, um, you know, I think he's, he's done a terrific job with the co-op program um, and also with that, um, that, uh, that practicum that they, that, that they did, you know, where they have the, um, I can't remember what the name is, but it's the, the one where they have. Oh, it's the enrichment? The enrichment. Friday, yes. Uh, the enrichment yeah. one. I, I just, I, I was actually um, uh, asked to sit in um, um, to help the students as they practiced for, you know, uh, for their finals um and um and that was that was really satisfying so it's um yeah so i, I still have quite a, a number of attachments with ryerson and and i i certainly uh continue to, to support it and uh and i i feel like i've, I've valued uh, immensely from having gone through the program so i'm so glad i didn't do an executive mba and i did my mppa at ryerson instead it's uh, worked out so great for you it's been so nice talking to you learning about your experiences i know i definitely learned a thing or two and i'm sure listeners or future students can uh, benefit from all that you had to say thank you so much again for my your pleasure. time my pleasure my pleasure warda anyway thank all the best
Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode and you got to learn a thing or two about what it's like working in the government, especially during such times where there's a lot of panic, there's a lot of tension. Hopefully, you also got to learn about how important experiences can be, whether they're big or small. They can definitely get you a long way. Until next time.